Waterfall, the CCW podcast. Hello and welcome to Waterfall. It's the water saving podcast. It's a podcast that helps you save water, save money, help the environment and combat climate change. Now, I am not alone. I am here with the one and only, the legendary Karen Gibbs. Hello, Karen. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. So we've got guest, a guest coming on. I know. We're, we're on a bit of a roll with this, aren't we? Yeah, where's your excitement level on a scale of one to ten? Ooh, seven and a half. Seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope that our guest will live up to your mighty, pretty good billing that you've given him. Um, but we do have a guest coming on, Mike Kendon from the Met Office. Very exciting. A real scientist all the way from... The Met Office, and because we've talked about the Met Office, you can play guess that today's episode is all about the weather. In particularly, in particular, Tom can cut that yes, bit out. He never does, though. If you ever say Tom will cut that out, he like keeps <laughs> it in. There's a lot on the cutting room floor, don't worry, Mike. <laughs> to be fair, we forgot to introduce producer Tom, who, you know, he's one of the gang. He keeps the, the wheels on this, this, this operation, and uh, he's always there, wherever you are, lurking in the hey, shadows. Everyone, I'm here. There he is. <laughs> um, so yeah, today's episode is all about the weather, the weather we've been experiencing this year. And we've actually had um, a question in from a listener, Mike. Oh, you know, I love it when a listener gets in touch. <laughs> well, Jenny's asked if we can have a winter drought. Ooh. So that would be a good question to put to Mike. Yeah, well, let's see what Mike has to say about that. How did Jenny get in touch? Jenny emailed podcast at ccwater. So that is a brilliant way for all of us, for all of you to get in touch with us. And we do promise to reply to every email. And if they're interesting, you can help shape the show like a number of you have. CCW, passionate about championing the best interests of everyone who uses water now and in the future. So Karen, cast your mind back to the episode which was all about nature, which I think was episode 11, Mm -hmm. which was the nature of water. And if you remember, we had a listener in touch talking about a German social media post. Do you remember that one? Do you remember what it was about? Oh, yes, I do. Do you want to remind me what it was about? (laughs) Oh, uh, well, I'd rather forget it, but it was um, to do with... um, Peeing in the shower, I seem to remember. Yes. Um, and now you may recall that I read out the German social media post in, in German, in very poor German, but for which I was very apologetic. Yes, how could we forget <laughs> it? Um, and I, we did, well, I did make a very, a throwaway comment that we've never been in the German charts and we never will. Well, I've got news, exciting news. The very day that we released that episode, Waterfall got in the German podcast chart and it stayed there for about a week. Now, all that tells me is that Germans have a wonderful sense of humour because that's the only explanation. So, German listeners, we salute you. The podcast team are in awe of you. So, well well done and thank you for not taking yourselves and ourselves too seriously. Um, so, waterfall, we are about... Saving water all the time, whatever the weather, and that's been one of the one of the key messages. It's always good 
to save water, save water, save money, help the environment, combat climate change, do it all the time. It's a win, 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 win. The only thing that I would say is that obviously um, the weather does matter. You know, when we've had a, a year like we've had this summer, you know, it, it adds a degree of urgency to what we need to do because quite clearly not only were um, water resources running low, but um, the dry weather and those really hot temperatures were having a really dramatic impact on the environment. Absolutely, Karen. And um, let's find out more about the weather and the weather we've been experiencing this year. And let's 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 bring in our guest. Be sure to head back through the archives and check out all the past episodes of Waterfall. Well, you know, we love a good guest on Waterfall and it's great pleasure to talk to Mike Kendon, who's from the Met Office. That's a bit special. Hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. Yes, pleasure to be here. You can't have too many mics in one room. No, absolutely. Good. I see. I like Mike already. Mike's already my favourite guest by a long way. So, Mike, you you are a climate information scientist working for the National Climate Information Centre at the Met Office. Is that right? I am indeed. Yes, NCIC for short. NCIC. I am sure that sounds much cooler than the National Climate Information Centre. That sounds like your crime fighters. Do you have a fluorescent light that you walk around shining everywhere? To look for clues. Uh, only at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Luke, we are we are seeing a year of very uh, wacky weather, crazy weather, however you want to describe it. But is that is that just journalists being sensational, or has this really been uh, an unusually dry year? Yeah. Well, I mean, every year is different, and um, so we we produce this report called State of the UK Climate uh, every year for the last seven years something like that now I've, I've slightly lost track but um to be honest every year there is pretty interesting weather happening somewhere in the uk at some point in the year um and obviously this year is no exception i mean probably the most well the most exceptional thing this year really has been the, the extraordinary heat wave uh that we had in july where we reached 40 degrees um for the first time which was really a a moment of uh, climate history um for the uk with uh, weather records not just um, just broken. Uh, you know, normally when weather records are broken, they're broken by a small amount, but here they were absolutely smashed. So that's the most remarkable thing. But yes, it has been, as well as having that heat wave, it has been a dry year. Um, obviously, the, the, the rainfall patterns vary through the year, but we have had a number of very dry months. January, April, July, and August have all had less than half the normal rainfall uh, that we'd expect. Yeah, I mean, it has, people think UK is a, a wet country. And is that really true or not? Uh, well, it, as ever, the, the answer to that really is is it, it depends. So the annual average <laughs> rainfall for the UK is um, just over a metre, 1,100 uh, uh, millimetres. Um, but there's obviously this massive uh, regional variation uh, depending where you are. So, um, you know, if you're in the north and west, up in western Scotland, um, you, you know, the highlands get three to four metres of rain a year, which makes them very, very wet. And, of course, that happens because they're, they're up in the north and west. They're really influenced uh, strongly by the jet stream. You get all these fronts coming in from the Atlantic. Um, you've got the mountains that pushes the air up over the mountains as it comes in on a westerly flow. And basically, we get tons of rain up there. So there's no shortage of you got more rain than they know what to do with. And if you go walking up there, uh, you know, you're pretty lucky to get a dry day in the West Highlands. So it does happen. 
Um, but conversely, of course, across much of the southeast of England, uh, it's very, very much drier. So the annual average rainfall down there is more like uh, seven to 800 millimetres a year. Um, in some places, it's uh, 600 millimetres a year or less. So, and actually those areas, the most populated areas of the country. So London obviously has about 650 millimetres of rain, um, which is pretty low. I mean, actually that is, uh, it makes it drier than uh, Perth uh, in West Australia. Not Perth and in Scotland. <laughs> not, not Perth in Scotland, no. no. Um, and, and, and comparable to places like Israel, uh, for example. So what you're saying is essentially the thirstiest parts of the country actually are also the driest parts of the country. Yes, broadly speaking, that, that is true. And that's on an average sense, Ed. So if you chuck in unusually dry weather and, as you said, exceptionally hot weather, then that can lead to, that can lead to problems when it comes to water demand. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's obviously been the focus of a lot of people's attention, quite rightly, this, this year. And a lot of our, our attention as well has been on the, 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 the dry and the, the extraordinary hot weather. But you look at now we're moving into autumn. You see September has been average-ish rainfall. Um, does that mean we're kind of out of the woods when it comes to water you know, availability? Well, it's a good, it's a good question. And, um, you know, um, we have had some wet weather recently. I think what you've got to look at here is you've got to think of the, the hydrological cycle, the overall annual hydrological cycle, which really um, takes into account the fact that in a normal situation, we have lower rainfall uh, in the summer months and higher rainfall in the winter months. And of course, the, the winter months are an important time for recharging water resources, um, for refilling reservoirs, and in particular for, um, for um, the groundwater, bringing up the groundwater resources back up um, in, in the southeast. And so we need considerable amounts of rain over the winter period to do that. So if we look at how much rain we've had so far this year, um, we've had, for example, for the UK overall, we've had this is as of as of uh, the stats as of the 25th of October, the UK has had 65 percent of the 1991-2020 average rainfall. So that's about two thirds. Um, but if we look regionally, um, it, it's less than that in some areas. So England, we've had 58 percent. Southern England, we've had 54 percent. And there's some counties in England like Kent, Suffolk, Norfolk. Some of these areas have only had about half the normal rainfall we'd expect at this, um, you know, half of the annual rainfall uh, total. That's all. That's what we've had. So there's a lot to be made up uh, in the rest of the year. And the chances are, and yes, unless we get a very wet autumn, that we will have significant deficits going through uh, into the winter period. So although we've had wet rather recently, for example, in the last week, we've had... Um, maybe 30 to 50 millimetres, perhaps more um, in some parts across the southeast of England, fairly widely as we've had more of these um, frontal systems bringing in rain. We still need quite a lot of rainfall to bring back up that deficit. Wow. I mean, those, those, those facts there are really compelling. And do you know what? Those numbers tell a really clear story that, you know, just, just one month of average or slightly above average rain is not going to make up for months and months and months of lower than average rain. So I, I mean, I, that, that's super helpful to, to hear. Um, 
well, super helpful, but also to explain what's going on. I'm not necessarily helpful if you're actually looking for some water. Mm -hmm. um, the water sector and water companies and tend to use 1976 as a bit of a reference year because that was a year of uh, an extraordinary drought um, in, in many parts across the UK. How, how does this year shape up when you look at what's gone on relative to 1976? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. So 1976 drought, um, many uh, sort of older listeners will obviously re remember 1976. Uh, I, I was I was only three, year, three years old then. So basically the benchmark drought, against which um, all other droughts tend to be uh, compared. Um, so the thing about this is it was a fairly long duration drought. It lasted from May 1975 to August 1976. Um, and in fact, that 16 uh, month period it is the driest 16 months in that series. So it's remarkably dry. Um, so that, that drought uh, broke quite dramatically in September 1976, actually. If we look at the stats for uh, this year, um, January to August this year for England, we've had 75% uh, of annual average rainfall. Uh, if we compare that to 1976, for the same period, England had 62%. So it was substantially drier, and that was a, a much more severe uh, drought. Um, that also obviously coincided with um, a, uh, a very hot summer as well. And um, although actually the, the, the summer temperatures in 1976, we didn't see such extreme temperatures as we've, as we've seen this year. This year, we've seen 40 degrees. In 1976, we only reached 35. But uh, actually, it was the number of days uh, that reached 25 to 30, um, pushing 35 that was really uh, extraordinary in 1976. And of course, the other thing about that drought is that it, it, it came, on the, came off the back of a dry winter, 1975 to 1976 too. So we've had, that was a long duration drought. Uh, and this, it, we're not, we're not um, you know, this is n nothing like as severe as that. Obviously, you think of that drought, there were standpipes in the streets and so on. So this could, um, but this could go on. This, you know, if we had a dry winter and a dry spring, we could be getting to those kind of levels of uh, of of, of uh, you know, low levels of rainfall. Um, yeah, I mean, the key thing is 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 whether we have dry conditions extending over the winter. We've already talked about this annual cycle, uh, you know, the the hydrological cycle, and thinking about what happens over a year or more. Obviously, when we think of the UK, the amount of rainfall that we get um, through the year, it, it varies um, very much by season. So obviously, we get more rainfall in the winter half year than in the summer half year. How does that vary across the, uh, the country? That's quite interesting. If we look, for example, at the northwest, northwest Scotland, we have a very large uh, variation in, 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 in our annual cycle. So we Typically, you get a lot more rainfall in the winter than we do in, in the summer. And that's because the rain is predominantly driven by frontal uh, systems coming off the Atlantic. If we look at the southeast, um, we do get that annual cycle in rainfall, but it's much more suppressed. Uh, and the reason for that is um, that in the southeast, much more of the rain that we get uh, is convective in nature and it comes from... Um, uh, you know, showers and things coming in from unsettled conditions like that, rather than uh, frontal systems from Atlantic uh, lows coming in. 
But even so, the um, summer rainfall, uh, uh, um, uh, less of that gets into the ground and into the water resources um, because of uh, evaporation. Obviously, you've got higher temperatures in the summer and so much more of that water getting into the groundwater resources and in the reservoirs. It's the winter uh, period that's really uh, important uh, for that. Yeah, so it's watch out basically and see what happens this winter because it's going to be critical to what happens you know, next spring and summer in terms of water supply. So one yeah. question that, 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 that I think um, everyone wants to ask is, you know, is what we've seen this year driven by climate change, these extremes, particularly extremes in temperature, is it climate change? Can you say that? Well, look, so so we said I work in NCSE, National Climate Information Centre. So we, we look at the observations fundamentally. So we're not here thinking about models, what's happening in the future. We're, we're talking about what's happening now. What, what can we see already in our observations? And we can already see that our climate uh, is changing. The UK's climate is changing. Climate change is happening now. So how do we see that? If we look at the latest decade, um, it, it's been one degree warmer uh, than 1961, 1990. So we've had about a degree of warming for the UK. And that's broadly consistent uh, with uh, what we've seen globally. Uh, uh, as, as we know, CO2 uh, levels uh, and other greenhouse gases are rising uh, in the atmosphere. Uh, um, CO2 went through 400 parts per million relatively recently. Uh, that's the highest level for, you know, these are really scary numbers for 800,000 years. Um, and, and this is a, a major, major crisis, really. Um, but what, what we are seeing in the UK is consistent with what we are seeing globally in terms of warming. But of course, the other thing is, as the climate warms, it also tends to get wetter. So that is because basically um, a, a warmer atmosphere has the capability to hold more moisture at roughly 7% uh, per degree. So the most recent decade, for example, for the UK, uh, has been 10% uh, wetter uh, than 1961 uh, to 1990. So we're seeing both a warming trend in the UK uh, and a wetting trend. Um, so we might ask, if it's getting wetter, well, why do we need to worry about drought? Well, the thing is, is that it's not it's not just the fact that we're getting uh, we're getting wetter. The, the distribution of rainfalls through the year may be changing. So we're kind of heading towards a scenario of having wetter winters and drier summers. And when it rains, we may get more um, intense rainfall. And, and that type of rainfall may actually uh, be problematic in some ways too, and that it's more liable to cause things like flash flooding. But it may, more, it may tend to run off more rather than be able to work its way into the ground and down into those aquifers. So the situation is quite uh, complex. Um, but in terms of the observations, in terms of drought, have we seen evidence for more drought in terms of the observations in the UK? Um, the, the answer to that is there's not really any significant trends outside natural variability. Look, there are some uh, major droughts in the UK uh, historical record. Uh, obviously, uh, 1976, but there are other drought years too, 1921, 19 to 22, uh, 1933 to 1934, uh, for example. But there's no indications in the observations yet that we are, uh, we are seeing more severe droughts in the UK. But of course, drought is a very complicated thing. There are different types of drought. You know, we think about um, what is a drought and you want a simple definition, but of course... Um, 
the aspects of drought, we think of um, how long it lasts, so what the duration is. Then there is the, uh, the, the spatial scale, how large it is. What are sort of an area? Are we talking about one county or are we talking about half of the UK? And then there is the intensity. So are we talking about you know, uh, rainfall being um, 75% or 50% of what we would normally expect? Or are we basically talking about pretty much no rainfall at all? Uh, and those things will, um, those char characteristics will then link to the type of drought it is, whether it is, a, for example, an agricultural drought, uh, which is basically a lack of moisture in the soil, making it, for example, hard for farmers to grow uh, crops, um, or whether it is a hydrological drought, which is more about longer term water resources, um, and then the, the uh, socioeconomic impacts of that leading on to, uh, you know, impacts on, uh, you know, users being able to use things like hose pipes and so on. So it, it's a complex situation. Well, uh, Karen, our co-host, is, is not in the room right now, but she would, uh, she's, she's very much of the... Uh, of the uh, mind to answer most questions with it depends <laughs> yeah well so, we, uh, we got, got an ncic we got um we got um the catchphrase in our team is really just just a quick question so we you know we can easily get just a quick question but actually often it, it, the answer is just a long and complicated answer um and, and the reality is that uh, monitoring the climate is quite a complex endeavor and a lot of these things are that we're looking at are by their nature quite complex. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Um, so I, I know you are obviously you're a climate scientist, you're not a forecaster, but I've got to ask, you know, do we know what the winter might bring? What's the seasonal forecast saying? Uh, well, what will the future hold? Um, I, I mean, to be clear, we, we do present a seasonal forecast. Um, but what I would say here is, I mean, obviously our forecast models have uh, uh, our, our forecast models have improved great. There's a lot of research in this area; they've improved greatly over the years. So, looking ahead over a timescale of five to day, ten days, the lead time for the accuracy of our forecasts is uh, is is substantially improved as a result of you know, the supercomputing capability, the improvements in modeling and so on. I think your forecasting accuracy took a real kick upwards, improved after I left the Met office. I think it had something oh, really? to do with me leaving. <laughs> yeah, I, I, right. I think that's okay. <laughs> that's before, that's before, I can't comment, that's before my time. I mean, but, but what, I, what I would say is that um, when we look, um, we, we do produce a civil contingency, a forecast for civil, con what's called a civil, uh, civil contingency planners. But typically the... Um, uh, th that gives a shows a distribution of possible outcomes, um, but actually that distribution tends to generally be shifted only a relatively small amount from the climatology. Um, so I don't really want to comment too much on what we might expect to see over this coming winter, um, because there is obviously a very large amount of uncertainty with that. And that goes with the fact that we have a very large variability in the UK UK's climate. We're a small nation at the edge of continental Europe. There is a lot of uncertainty, um, and it, it's not easy to predict these things. Um, longer term, uh, looking ahead uh, longer term, clearly our climate is going to continue to warm. 
Uh, how how much it warms uh, depends on uh, what we do next in terms of emitting uh, greenhouse gases and so on. Um, uh, and obviously, as it warms, the pattern of rainfall that we would get will change too. Um, I mean, as summer temperatures increase above 35 degrees um, uh, and sort of levels of evapotranspiration uh, increase, I think there's an increased likelihood of shorter, more intense droughts, like perhaps we had in, in, in summer uh, 2018. I think one thing's for sure, whatever risk there will be, that risk is likely to be more severe the more we go down this route of warming. So, so you know, when you put this together with obviously the things that we've already talked about, the fact that the rainfall that we expect in the UK in the southeast on an average basis is relatively low. We have a high population density and quite a high demand. Obviously, this is something that we need to keep a very close eye on. Before you go, Mike, we do ask all our guests on Waterfall uh, about their own personal water use. And so do you know what your own personal water use is? What do you use in your house per person? Yeah, um, I, I, I wouldn't put a specific number on it, but I was thinking more about the things that we do. I mean, in fact, also that's more tricky because we've literally just moved house. But what I said, would say in general, I mean, I'll talk about water and about other things more generally, actually, other, other aspects of consumption more generally. Starting with water, I think it's obviously important that we think about what we're using, you know, how many times we're doing the washing up, that sort of thing. We're using a shower rather than a bath. We just moved house. I discovered that the previous owners, the, the water butt uh, was all blocked with debris and was overflowing. So I fixed that. So that'll mean that we can use a water butt again. Um, when, my, when my two daughters were um, very small and we used a baby bath, don't use soap in it. And then, you know, you finish with the water in a baby bath, then you just tip it on the garden, especially in the summer, rather than tip it, you know, that, so you're thinking constructively about these things. And obviously that water is, is important to think about how we use it. Oh, great advice, sir, Mike. Um, I think uh, you could be making your own podcast series, Mike's Guide to Sustainable Living, because, you know, loads <laughs> of sound advice in there. Producer Tom, who's lurking in the background, as always, his ears have pricked up. He's thinking another, another podcast in the making. But yeah, lots of great advice. I don't know, Mike, how I'm going to be able to, I don't know how I'm going to handle your answer though on our leaderboard of people's personal water con consumption. You know, I, di I did not answer. Uh-oh, you know. You can edit out most of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're keeping all these bits in, Mike. Look, it's been fantastic having you on. Loads of brilliant stuff that we've talked about and loads of insight there. So thank you. Enjoying the show? Please consider leaving a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify. So that was Mike. It's always great to have someone on the show who knows what they're talking about. Isn't it, Karen? It is, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, but let's go right back to the start of the show to answer Jenny's question. Well, there can be a winter drought. Let's, and don't be fooled by seasonal variation. Obviously, it's in the UK, it's wetter in, in the winter than it is in the summer, but that's no guarantee there'll be enough water, especially, as Mike said, this year, we've got an awful lot of catching up to do in terms of replenishing our water resources that in many places are really struggling. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is one of the things that I think is really important for us all to be aware of, you know, that um, it's going to take quite a lot of very heavy, consistent rain to really get our water resources to where they need to be um, so it's a kind of case of watch this space really so we're not out of the woods yet and the jury's still out yes i think you're right 
that's all we've got time for really in this episode of Waterfall. So you can get in touch with the show. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can check out our back catalogue and join us again. We've got some fantastic episodes planned. So it's goodbye from me, Mike. And it's goodbye from me, Karen. 